Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking Beauty Podcast. My guest today is the amazing Christian Drapeau, which I'm very, very excited to have this podcast with. Christian holds a master's degree from McGill University in neurophysiology. He is the author of several scientific articles in the field of epilotogenesis, and more recently, in the fields of stem cell research, where he creates a new therapeutic approach called endogenous stem cell mobilization. Also, the author of the best-selling book, Cracking the Stem Cell Code. Christian has created the concept of stem cell enhancement and has developed the first plant-based product supporting the natural role of stem cells in the body. So I think you, you can understand why I'm excited for this podcast. He has been the director of research and development for many companies and is now the founder and CEO of Caliagen, where he formulated the stem cell supplement Stemregen. Today, we're going to deep dive into first what are stem cells, how they help in the body, what happens with age, how they relate to aging and how their decline relates to aging which we are going to touch on skin aging specifically as well. And you'll learn first and foremost how you can address that problem, that issue, as part of your longevity and health optimization journey. We will learn about the specific product that he developed, which is called Stemregen, and how to use it. And you'll also learn what other strategies you can apply in order to enhance the viability of stem cells and their repair processes in the body. Before we dive into today's episode, I would just like to say that it would mean the world to me and to us here at the Biohacking Beauty Podcast if you took two seconds out of your day to subscribe to the podcast. Not only does this ensure you will never miss on an episode, but it also greatly helps the growth of the podcast. And last but not least, before we dive into today's episode, I would like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Young Goose Skincare, the world's first biohacking skincare, where what we aim to do is to lower the functional age of the skin and then request or give the skin specific tasks for repair that now it has a higher ability to perform those tasks because it is more viable state. So we can tackle things like hydration, pigmentation, laxity, wrinkles, acne, glow, and more and more just skin health and longevity in general. So obviously this is a very exciting and very appropriate episode in order to tackle those issues. But without further ado, I am very happy to welcome Christian Darpo. Okay, Christian, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. I'm very, very excited, very happy to have you here. My pleasure. So we are talking today about something that I think everyone should be talking about when, they, when, when we talk about longevity in general, but um, especially when we, when we are trying to look younger and have a uh, full, healthy life, which is stem cells. So first of all, I, I really, I, I'm really excited to talk about this subject because this is one of the hottest topics that we have right now in, 
in longevity and in uh, health span science. Uh, would you agree? Absolutely. So maybe the first question we should ask before we get into you know, more advanced topics is what is a stem cell exactly? Because people here right now, you know, you can inject it to your knees and this guy did a full stem cell, whatever. So what are stem cells? Stem cells are cells that can become, let, let me start by describing what is not a stem cell and it yeah. makes then stem cells very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. All the cells of your body are referred to as somatic cells. They are cells that have a specific function, a specific identity. They will never transform into another type of cell and they will, to an extent, never really multiply. They can multiply to an extent according to the AFLEC limits that you mm -hmm. have talked about before, but it, it, it's limited. So stem cells are exactly the opposite, meaning a stem cell does not do anything in the body. It does not have any function. Its function is, it in, is in its ability to transform into another type of cells. And they will self-replicate as stem cell. When they leave the bone marrow, they're no longer a bone marrow stem cells. They're slowly starting to obey, if there's such a thing as obeying, but they're ruled by the AFLIC limit. Their, mm -hmm. their telomeres will start to shorten, so their life is not immortal when they leave the bone marrow. But in the bone marrow, they are immortal. They will be there during the entire life of an, an individual. And their role essentially is that they will transform into asomatic cells. Historically, mm -hmm. stem cells were precursors to blood cells. So their role was to transform into three major types of cells, red blood cells, lymphocyte, and platelets. The mm -hmm. big discovery at the turn of the century that has given this, this thrust, if you want, of all this field of stem cell research is that stem cells were shown, discovered, to be able to transform not only into blood cells, but also into cells of the brain, of the heart, of the liver, of the lung, of the skin, of essentially every single tissue of the body, stem cells are the repair system of the body. That's really what they are. That's interesting. Yeah, and I've heard about and I've heard you talk about this discovery before. So just to maybe maybe understand because stem cells weren't discovered obviously in, in the early 2000s, right? We knew that there are stem cells. So what what was the what did we think before and what changed in the early 2000s? Let me give you the, the story because it's, you know, I, I'm fascinated by this history of science. You know, how do we discover things? Mm -hmm. And the first well, first, let's go back actually far, uh, like about more, a little bit over a century, like around 1905, there was a Russian scientist looking at all, it's at the time when lymphocytes started to be documented, microscopy to a degree that allowed to really see blood cells had been developed not long mm -hmm. before. And then people started to look at what are these cells that are in the blood. And then you recognize that the one that you find in pus, for example, when you have a, a cut that has an infection, are the same that you find in the blood. So looking mm -hmm. at all of this, they started to enumerate and draw all these different types of lymphocytes in the body. And then there's a guy that was pretty genius, and he started to realize that there are many, many kinds of cells, but if you look at them carefully, they all seem to point to a common lymphocyte that gives rise to all of them. And then he expressed this concept when he said, there is in the bone marrow, in the blood, there is a cell that is, I don't remember the exact wording here, but basically it is the mother cells of any other cells in the body. It can mm -hmm. transform into everything. 
But at the time, it was too early. It was completely forgotten. Nobody did anything with it. And the concept came back after a nuclear incident. I believe it was in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And this nuclear incident, a number of people were exposed to radiation. And we knew after Hiroshima that if you are exposed to uh, to radiation, you don't live very long because yeah. you, you don't have any more bone marrow, so you cannot make blood cells. So they knew that they would have to give blood transfusion to these people for the rest of their lives. But after one blood transfusion, they all start to make their own blood. So mm-hmm. it brought back this concept that it looks like there is indeed this cell, this mother cells, that is the precursors to all the blood cells. So, and this whole concept developed in the 50s and the 60s, also with the development of embryology. We know that there is such a thing as a cell that will give rise to the full organism. So this concept of a stem cell, a mother cell, has been around uh, since the 1950s, the 1960s, with the study on leukemia, we knew also that there was such of a cell in the bone marrow that could be disorganized and gave rise to a lot of you know, excessive production of blood cells. Mm-hmm. And so the concept of a stem cell has been around for at least, I would say, on, since the early 60s, but always in the context of being precursors to blood cells. They did not have the ability to become anything else. Mm-hmm. And then we advance a little bit forward and we get to basically, I think, uh, the rise of longevity science, really, but more the looking into the mechanisms of what makes us up as humans and kind of discoveries in that field. We, we The seminal paper in, in Cell Magazine looking at hallmarks of aging, etc. But we, we discover that stem cells are our repair mechanism, if you would, our most primordial repair mechanism. So what exactly was the discovery? Like what what are we what do we now know that we didn't know before? Okay. If I if I start from your question as you phrased it, I believe that within the 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 frame of what is longevity today, longevity science and everything that we hear about telomerase, biological age, uh, uh, DNA methylation, uh, what is the name? Uh, NAD, and all the yeah. science about these, it's, it's fascinating. And yet, I think that the actually most important element of this whole story of longevity science is stem cells, which is still vastly misunderstood or, mm-hmm. uh, or um, mis, uh, yeah, misunderstood for its, its potential. And where okay. it started, really, is at the turn of the century, while doing studies on leukemia, while doing different kind of studies, people started to observe uh, that stem cells had the ability of transforming into other types of cells. Typical study would be, example, you extract stem cells from male mouse that you inject into a female, irradiated female mouse to Mm -hmm. monitor the recovery of the bone marrow and the blood as a treatment for leukemia. And you can do that because since the stem cells are from a male mouse, they have the Y chromosome. So you can mm-hmm. follow the Y chromosome and in that way follow the reconstitution of the blood and the bone marrow, and it works. But then they discovered a brain cell with the Y chromosome, a heart cell with the Y chromosome, a liver cell with the Y chromosome. So it's by doing this kind of work that suddenly the fact that stem cells could become way more than just blood cells basically revealed this phenomenon in the body that has always been there, but we did not know about it, is that stem cells are actually the repair system of the body. Every time you've had an injury since the day you're born, you repair uh, because your stem cells 
migrate to the area. They're called to the area of the injury through a very well-described process, which is what I describe in my book, Cracking the Stem Cell Code. Mm -hmm. All the science is in there describing this phenomenon. They are your repair system. So to repeat what you're saying, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm misunderstanding, basically stem cells are cells that have available to them our entire, entire information in our genome. They can access, they, the information is not hidden, it's, it is revealed. And through a process of migrating to a specific tissue or becoming a specific tissue, they, in air quotes, forget, or the information that they do not need is becoming shut off, basically. And we can see that uh, cells that were, that were injected as cells with the full amount of information can then basically turn off information not needed and become any tissue in the body because of their, the availability of the information to begin with. Let, let me put it this way. Think of an embryonic stem cell, the first cell that is going to turn into the full being that you are today. That cell, as in its DNA, what it needs to code for every single cell type, every single biological function in your body is into the DNA of that mm -hmm. one cell. That DNA does not change as you age. Of course, you have epigenetics, so it will be modified to an extent. But what I mean is that the blueprint of, of everything in your body is in that DNA, which mm -hmm. is going to be duplicated in all the cells of your body. So every single cell of your body has the entire DNA. That is why you can take today, that's what they do when they do what, when they do what is called induced pluripotent stem cells. They take a cell, for example, of your skin, and they reactivate the genes that encodes for stem cell nests, if you want, and it makes the cell now revert back to a primitive state, which you can then, by activating the part of its genome that encodes for heart cell, can push it now to become a heart cell. This is still in the genome. So now think of a stem cell from your bone marrow that is called by an injury. So you've got an injury, let's say a heart attack. Your heart will send a signal, molecules, well-documented, that will go to the bone marrow, trigger the release of stem cells from the bone marrow. Stem cells are released. Now they will be attracted to the area where there is the injury. Stem cells will go there, will migrate into the tissue, and upon contact with proteins that are on the surface of cardiomyocytes, Every single type of stem cells have a protein that is specific to that tissue. That is how we identify cells today by using antibodies and cell markers. Every single cell type have those, those, those compounds. Those compounds that are specific to that tissue will touch the stem cells and that will transfer to the, the, the nucleus of that cell what genes needs to be activated to make the stem cell transform into cells of that tissue, which is already in the, in the genome. So this, the new cell would be no different than all the other cells of the heart. Fascinating. Okay, but uh, actually we, we've touched, I, I, I have like five questions that I wanted to ask along the way because it's so, you know, our conversation, it's, it's like a stem cell, it can turn into anything. Anyway, so my first question is this, you talked about, you know, reverting cells back into their pluripotent state or the a state that can become anything, so we can kind of revert them. Are you referring to the research done on the Yamanaka factors? Is that, is that the way uh, it is done? Okay, so the Yamanaka factors are genes that we've discovered that if we activate them, we can basically rewind 
uh, stem cells to their youthful state, and that is part of the way that we can that we can prove in air quotes that the genetic information to to our ultimate self or whatever to the tr- to the youthful true self that 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 we are is held in 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 genes or in our sorry in our DNA for for eternity or for for life basically, which is really cool. Now, when you when you talk about stem cells migrating and becoming a a, a tissue to to respond to an injury, anyone who looked into getting stem cells, you know, as a treatment, their own stem cells as a treatment for an injury, such as myself when I had a knee injury and I had bone marrow aspirate re-injected into my, into my knee, would know that uh, the older you get, the doctor would like to, or whoever injects you, would like to proliferate those or culture those stem cells that they've extracted from you. And we can obviously have a full discussion about US, US regulation, but before we do that, I think the question that, that needs to be asked is, we have those stem cells in, in our bone marrow, but as far as I am told, they dwindle with age. Their concentration lowers mm-hmm. with age. Correct. Okay. And when we respond to that injury, is the reason older people, let's say, respond to injury or recover from injury less well is because they're getting less stem cells to that area? How does that mechanism happen? How does the body decide, in air quotes, how many stem cells are being sent? Or how does this system maintain itself over time not to exhaust itself? Or what can we do not to exhaust mm-hmm. it, etc.? There's There are many questions in yeah. your question. So so stick with me. I, I will try to answer all of them. <laughs> of course. It's sort yeah. of the story of how your stem cells work in your body. Mm-hmm. So you are born with red marrow. Red mm-hmm. marrow in a newborn, the entire bone marrow is red. As you age fairly rapidly, the red marrow starts to convert into yellow marrow or fatty marrow. That happens fairly rapidly. By age 15, you've lost probably 50% of your red marrow. By age 30, you've lost 90 to 95% of your red marrow. Think think of, of, of your entire skeleton made out of red marrow as you're born, but mm-hmm. in your long bones, it, it recedes or converts very rapidly so that at the end, uh, at, at the age of 30, you have red marrow only into the head of the femur, of the long bones, and into your flat bones, pelvis, sternum, ribs, and skull. And it continues to transform and convert as you age into, uh, into yellow marrow. So the amount of stem cells that you have in your bloodstream is a direct correlation of how much red marrow that you have. Think of your red marrow as being it's not like an absolute truth, but think of your bone marrow as being constant, if you want, in producing stem cells. It's just that the bank shrinks as you age. So it may be as productive, but you have less of it that is productive. Yeah. So it, it leads in your bloodstream to a sharp decline in the number of stem cells in your blood circulation available for repair. And that is why when you say when old people cannot repair as well, we don't have to be that old. Already in your 30s, you don't repair like you did when you were 15. Yeah. And that's kind of about the time when we wake up one day and realize we're not Superman and, and Wonder Woman anymore. Um, things are not like they used to. That's because at some point in our 30s, we cross that balance between how many cells we lose as part of normal process of tissue turnover and decline and aging and everything and how much stem cells we have in our bloodstream 
to offset and replace that cellular loss. When we lose that balance, that is when we start to age, if you want. And there's a direct link between how many stem cells is in your bloodstream and your ability to repair. Let me give you an example. All of this is published. Different people show up at the hospital for a stroke. And when they arrive at the hospital, at that hospital, some doctors were interested in stem cells. So they quantified how many stem cells they have in their blood to begin with on the day of the stroke. And then six weeks later, they separated the people in two groups. People who had a really good outcome, meaning they resume a normal life and they're, they're, they're productive, like they're back to where they were before. And the other group, physical therapy, aphasia, paralysis, whatever. They're left with something, they're in rehabilitation mm -hmm. of some kind. Those people have half the number of stem cells compared to the people who had a good outcome. You can take any example. You get a broken bone, you, got the, you get the person in six weeks, it's perfectly healed. The other one has not healed very well. The difference mm -hmm. is that the person who does not repair well has fewer stem cells in circulation. So it, it becomes so relevant to put more stem cells in circulation to help the body repair. And the last part to this whole explanation or this answer to your question is that that is repair, meaning stem cells are the repair system of the body. But in the background, they're way more than the repair. To me, mm -hmm. this other function, silent function that they play is actually more important than the repair because you, you're not broken most of your life. You're broken at some yeah. parts of your life. Most of your life, you're just going along and you're just aging. Well, every day you lose cells and your ability to replace the cells depends on how many stem cells are in the blood. If you cannot replace all the cells that are being lost, you slowly accumulate a deficit every day. That deficit accumulates over time to any one of the age, so-called age-related diseases. So you count the number of stem cells in people with high blood pressure, atherosclerosis, heart disease, diabetes, emphysema, liver failure, kidney failure, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Parkinson, Alzheimer's, the list is growing. These people all have, on average, less than half the number of stem cells that you find in people, healthy people of the same age. There's a and direct the correlation, determined the core factor that makes you age is your, is your decline in your ability to stay healthy. Beautiful. I mean, I, I love it. Obviously, you know, here in this podcast, we end up talking a lot about the end case, right? The end of, of lifespan, basically. But we infer a lot of the things that we care about while we are alive and functioning, like the health of our skin or the appearance of, of youth as it relates to that, as, as, it, as it correlates to that. And a lot of the times, you know, when we are talking about aesthetic procedures, about stimulation for repair in our skin, which is essential to appearing younger, we are talking about a balance between stimulation for repair and the ability of the, of the skin to repair itself, which, you know, to maybe to uh, encourage people to, and we're going to talk about how we can release more stem cells from the bone marrow, the way that our skin looks and the way it recovers, the way it's, it regenerates is directly affected from the availability of stem cells as well, right? Absolutely. So there's a link between, there's an important role of stem cells in the skin. S stem cells are important for every single tissue. We need to keep in mind this phenomenon of turnover. Mm -hmm. You get, for example, half of a new heart every 25 years. The brain is not as clear. Actually, very few studies have been done 
to document the phenomenon. These are all incidental observations yeah. in studies that slowly reveal this phenomenon. Your entire body is constantly in a process of, of turnover. But your skin is every month. Every mm -hmm. month you have a new skin. Think about the, the amount of stem cells that is consumed by your skin because when a stem cell gets into the skin, now it becomes an epidermal stem cell. That epidermal stem cells is now, is now a tissue-committed stem cells. As a tissue-committed stem cells, it, has, it is slowly ending its identity as a stem cell and is slowly starting to, to be committed to the path of becoming something in the skin. Keratinocytes, air follicles, sebaceous gland, sweat glands, any of the components of, the, of a healthy skin. This is ruled by the stem cells in your skin. If you exhaust stem cells in your skin, you stop the ability of your skin to rejuvenate and renew itself in a healthy way. And that is mm -hmm. why the skin age, because having fewer stem cells in circulation, you have less of an opportunity to replenish the, the, the stem cell layer in the skin. Now put more stem cells in circulation and you basically rejuvenate your skin. Uh, so we have a product, I guess, and I hope we'll have time to talk about it, but that's what it does. It puts more stem cells in circulation. People will use it for all kinds of things, but the most common testimonial and story that we get is, I took you know, your product for whatever problem, but everybody is looking at me and they're asking me what I'm doing because I look more radiant. And that's because we simply provide more stem cells to replenish the skin. Anything mm -hmm. that you will do for your skin, take all the product in Young Goose, that will stimulate the skin. Add to this a supply of stem cells. You magnify what the products can do. And that is why you are here, Christian, because <laughs> no, aside from the fact that this is an extremely interesting topic and, and we believe that everyone should know about it, the, the reason you're here is because there is a not even a direct correlation, the correlation between the way that we look and our overall health is the, way, is the ability of the body to respond to stimulation, if we can really zero in on it. Before we get to the strategy that you have, which, which I use personally to encourage stem cells supply, let's call it like that, to the skin and, and to our body, I have a question that I, obviously it's, that's something very popular right now, having stem cells or uh, umbilical cord stem cells or uh, placental stem cells injected into our body. So stem cells that are not our own, similar to what you were saying about uh, mice, etc. Is there a different functional difference between the way our body uses stem cells that are not innate to us and stem cells that it has created on its own stem cells that have our DNA associated with them? The real answer to that question is that the field is too early. The real answer is that I don't think that this has been fully studied to a full extent. What we know is that stem cells are not immunogenic. So when you do a, 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 an organ transplant and you can have rejection, it is not a phenomenon that you will have with stem cells. So, mm -hmm. so from that point on, so it, it is fine to, to get stem cell injected from another source. Now granted, now all these cells have the DNA from another source. And when we understand the, the turnover rate of tissues, which means essentially that after, let's say, five years after you got a, a significant injection of stem cells from another source, that means that tissues like your skin, like your intestine, like your liver, will be, to a large extent, will be recreated, renewed, if you want, 
with another DNA to an extent. Mm -hmm. Cells can do exchange of DNA, but the full extent of these I don't think is very well understood. So that's something that is in the background, but I don't think anybody has really studied these things. Like what is the real impact of, 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 of all this on health? So mm -hmm. question mark. So we don't know about this. When you get, I would say, it was not in your question, but somewhere buried in your question is also the reason as to why would you do something like this? Like yeah. why would you get stem cells from another source? And I think it has to do a lot with a concept that has been that has been popularized over the past few years that not only do you have fewer stem cells in circulation as you age, but the quality of these stem cells decline with age. With even statements out there, I know because many people come with that question. Mm -hmm. I believe the question comes uh, at least in part from a book by Tony Robbins, which is a, a great book. But in that book and in some of the, the videos that came off of, of this book, there's a statement that is completely false. It's mm -hmm. this idea that past 40 years of age, your stem cells sort of fall down the cliff and they become useless. I can tell you, I've been working in this field now for 20 years. I have developed various products that trigger the release of stem cells from your own bone marrow, putting more stem cells in circulation, but they're your own. And we have phenomenal recovery from various kinds of problems with people who are 55 years old and above, 80 years old, and this, they have good results. So this idea that your stem cells are worthless after 40 years old or 50 or 60 years old will be almost like asking a 60-year-old, well, you're obviously not as effective performance-wise as you were when you were 20. So does that mean that you are worthless? Of course mm -hmm. not. You know, So your stem cells are the same. They are still effective. And if you put more stem cells in circulation at any age, more stem cells are available to participate to tissue repair. To me, with everything that I have seen so far, your own stem cells are still the best thing for you. But if you decide, you know, in your 60s, 70s, you decide, I would like to give a boost of rejuvenation to the body, I might even myself consider, you know, a little bit later in life to get umbilical cord stem cells or placental mm -hmm. stem cells as sort of a, a reseeding with young stem cells, uh, you know, in the bone marrow. But there are a lot of questions that are unanswered. To me, the safest thing to do right now is autologous stem cells, your own stem cells. Not to say that using umbilical cord stem cells does not work or is not good. Just some question marks that have not been fully answered. Beautiful, beautiful explanation. Uh, and yeah, obviously we can really use our, our logic now after you know, this conversation. We can understand that our body really relies on, on stem cells in order to maintain organ health. Um, any organ and some organs, as, as you mentioned, are completely new after a couple couple years, three years. Obviously, we, we're not even talking about uh, blood cells, which are renewed every 120 days. But just using, uh, inferring from our logic, we, we understand that we would not be living for very long if our stem cells wouldn't have this ability to uh, tap into our our initial information of, of youth, that, that, that there is no other mechanism in the body. There is no a flash drive that we can put into our body and, and remind itself what, what, what it used to be. I wanted to take a quick break for this episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare product and our special offer for our podcast listeners. 
Our products are the world's first biohacking skincare products. And what they aim to do is to reboot uh, your skin cells to a youthful state so they can correct the cellular damage that is accumulated over time. Our favorite products and the one that we recommend everyone to start with are is our care concentrated moisturizer that can be used as both a day and a and the night cream. What this product is really specially delivering to the skin is our NAD precursors that are nano-sized and lipolized. They are both NR and NMN. And what they aim to do is to fuel the repair processes that our skin engages in by activating also our sirtuins, which are our anti-aging genes or our longevity genes that are responsible for DNA repair and basically repairing who we are really as human beings. In order to do that in a, the most effective way, we combine it with our enhanced resveratrol, which is fermented resveratrol that allows resveratrol to be 50 times more bioavailable in the skin and actually non-toxic because most people don't know that resveratrol is actually toxic for the skin since the skin doesn't have the enzyme to break it down like our gut does. So by fermenting the the resveratrol and introducing the enzymes in the fermentation process, we can obviously make it non-toxic and 50 times more bioavailable. And Care Concentrated Moisturizer also has 10 more active ingredients that support those processes, such as CoQ10, PQQ, two forms of vitamin C, and even turmeric and B vitamins. This is the first product we recommend. The second is eye care, which is a version of care specifically for the eyes. It also contains our NAD precursors and also contains very, very advanced peptides or proprietary complex that includes GHKCU, a copper peptide that is very famous for its anti-aging abilities. The third product we recommend is our ProCare Serum. And that is a very special serum because it interacts with the mTOR pathway, which is a pathway that is very famous for its ability to affect how we age. So this product does a few things, but really what it does, it eliminates senescent cells, which are cells that harm our skin because our skin couldn't clear them very well. So it eliminates those, regenerates the skin. It stimulates the mitochondria with lilac uh, cell culture extract. And it also has a very strong and effective form of vitamin C that is well known to help the skin regenerate itself. Combining these three products by first applying ProCare, then eye care, and then care will give you the best results you've ever experienced for your skin and that we guarantee. If you would like to try these products, you can head over to younggoose.com to our website. And when checking out, please use the promo code PODCAST20 in all capital letters in order to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, head over to younggoose.com and use promo code PODCAST20 in all capitals for 20% off your first purchase. And now let's get back to the podcast. So now, now we get to the, uh, to the real reason uh, I got you here and, and uh, my evil plan is being revealed that I am uh, extremely impressed by your solution to stem cell mobilization as someone who has really taken upon themselves to formulate products that address fundamental causes of aging 
and that that really is a is a road that is not often traveled I'm thoroughly impressed with uh, the product that is called stemmergen that that you've developed so maybe before we we get to what's inside etc what does it do what is the end result or what is the end result biologically in our body that we get by using stemmergen you have a a certain number of stem cells in your bloodstream naturally. Mm-hmm. We all have. Through all the studies that we have done, what we have seen in our lab is a very wide range. So somebody comes in the lab, we count the number of stem cells in circulation, and it's going to be between 0.1 cells per microliter, sorry, 0.5 cells per microliter to five stem cells per microliter. This is a, a broad, broad mm-hmm. range. So what science is telling us is that your body's ability to repair depends directly uh, on how many stem cells you have in your bloodstream that are available to participate to tissue repair. So what the product does quite simply is that it supports this natural phenomenon that you do every day anyway, which is the release of stem cells from your own bone marrow so that two capsules of stem regen will put in your own blood circulation an additional uh, anywhere between, let's say, six to 10 million additional stem cells in circulation on that day when you take the product. It's really that simple. I understand. And does that depend on that, again, reservoir of red bone marrow or not? Or it's, or it's the average is, is maintained throughout the ages, basically? The number of stem cells that you have in your, in your bloodstream is most likely a correlation of how much red marrow that you have left in your bone and how much this red marrow is productive. And when I say that it's not productive, it doesn't mean that it's not healthy. It's just that it's one of those interpersonal variations. You know, it's just what you're dealt with, with your genetics, with whatever. This is your red marrow. So mm-hmm. what when we do the work, we count the number of stem cells as a proportion of lymphocytes. So when I'm telling you, you know, six to 10 million stem cells, I'm normalizing on the average number of stem cells that we find in the population of people that we have worked mm-hmm. with. If I give you the data as it is, it's more something like 60 to 80% increase in the number of circulating stem cells. So, so the actual number of stem cells can vary greatly from one person to another. But the conclusion here across the board after 20 years of doing this work is that at any point in your life, if you can put more stem cells in circulation, your body will use them. And if you happen to be somebody that is at the lower end of stem cells, you will release fewer stem cells, but your body is going to just use them even more so because they're needed in many places yeah. in the body. So, so the number can vary. The proportion is roughly about 60 to 80% increase in the number of circulating stem cells. Wow. So I'm extremely interested how did you get to it? Like, what was the process of understanding that phenomenon, the ingredients that would benefit the release of stem cells? How, how did it come about? So probably the best way to answer this question, Anita, is to, is to give you the story 
of how yeah, I got to where I am because my background originally is neuroscience, uh, neurophysiology. So I was doing uh, studies and work on memory and epilepsy at the Montreal Neurological Institute. And I was hired in 1995 by, by a company uh, that was selling at the time a blue-green algae called Afanisomenon flus aqua, in short AFA, that grows naturally in Klamath Lake. So it's normally known as Klamath Lake blue-green algae. So I was hired to document the mechanism of action behind the health benefits of that plant. Uh, and this was just after the passage of the Deche, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act. And companies needed to have data to support any of the claims that they were making. So the claims were about uh, immune support, inflammation, and uh, mental support. So we, we found all the active ingredients. After a year or two, all of this was done. It was great. But I just I came across a number of cases of people who reversed not only the extent of the recovery was was impressive, but reversed problems that were touching so many different aspects of human health. People mm -hmm. reversing from serious heart problem, cardiovascular problem, uh, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson, liver failure, uh, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, I think I mentioned it, emphysema. So at the end, it was like, what can this plant be doing to get benefits to the liver, to the lung, to the heart, to the brain, to so many different aspects of human health? So it was a question and to which we really did not have an answer at the time. It was not definitely not because of any of the active compounds that we had identified at the time. So what was it? So we did a number of studies, one uh, in affiliation with uh, Harvard University, University of Mississippi, University of Albuquerque in New Mexico. We got great data, but at the end of the day, nothing that really explained what it was until one day, a colleague of mine sent me a paper. The title was Turning Blood into Brain, a study on leukemia in which scientists injected male stem cells into female mice to test as a treatment for leukemia. And you can follow the new bone marrow stem cells because they have the Y chromosome. They come from yeah. a male uh, cell, a male from an animal. And, uh, and then they found a neuron in the brain that had the Y chromosome. The first observation that a stem cell from the bone marrow can go to the brain. So we are in 2001 at a time when not only stem cells cannot become cells of any other tissue, but you certainly cannot make new brains. This is in neurology. Mm -hmm. This is like the dogma. The brain does not regenerate. And here's evidence that not only the brain regenerates, but it comes from stem cells from the bone marrow. So I went in the scientific literature at the time, not available on the internet, so the local medical library, and started mm -hmm. to look at, is there any other data showing the same thing? And I found another article talking about how stem cells could become liver cells and heart cells. So to me, what it was at the time was, well, if stem cells can become heart, liver, and brain, why not pancreas, lung, the skin, and the rest? They have to. Yeah. You cannot have a physiological mechanism that makes stem cells become heart, liver, and brain, and not the rest. And if they do, and it's just a matter of time, that means they have to be the repair system of the body. How do you want a stem cell to go to the brain, become a brain cell, and it's not its function? So it has yeah. to be that they are the repair system. So we published an article in a journal, Medical Hypotheses, suggesting in 2001, suggesting that stem cells are the repair system of the body. In the back of my mind, what if that plant that we're working with, Klamath Lake Blue Green Algae, its main mechanism of action is to be a stem cell mobilizer. It, tr it triggers the release of stem cells from the bone marrow. So we acquired a flow cytometer, developed the lab, started to count stem cells on ourselves at the beginning. So we would take our own blood sample, count the number of stem cells, then take this blue-green algae and count the number of stem cells an hour, two hours, three hours later. And that's when we discovered the whole phenomenon.
blue-green algae from Klamath Lake, AFA, is a stem cell mobilizer. So that's really how we identified the first plant. Mm-hmm. And when that came out, then you would tell scientists, well, we have a plant now that increased the number of stem cells. And the answer is unanimously, so what? What does it mean? It means absolutely nothing. So we had to show, it's, it may be just like a normal fluctuation in the body. So we had to document the mechanism of action. We had to, document, to, to, to isolate the active compound. And we had to use an animal model to show that this product will actually enhance tissue repair. So we did all of that. All of this was published. But then in the back of my mind, if we evolved in symbiosis with the environment, it cannot be that there's only one plant that has an effect on stem cells. There has Mm -hmm. to be other plants. So how do you find them? You look at the plants that have been historically associated with a broad variety of health benefits and go in, we go and we test them in the lab. Medicinal mushroom, goji berry, foti in, in the chi- traditional Chinese medicine, those kinds of plants. And then after that, we find they all have an effect on stem cells, but we did not find like a real winner. So we then went into remote areas of the world, like in Papua New Guinea, in Madagascar, in the Congos, in Africa, in South America. What are they using locally? What plant do they use that for them is associated with a broad variety of health benefits? And let's go and test them. And that's mm-hmm. where we discovered some of the stars that we have right now with seabuckthorn berry extract, aloe macroclata from Madagascar. These are the two main plants that we have now in STEM region. So that's how we moved on and identified so far about five good stem cell mobilizers. That's how we made it. That's amazing. Did you look mainly at you know, stem cells in in circulation, or did you also take into account things like half-life? Like, did you look at um, uh, some kind of adaptation in the body where the stimulus is is subsiding after a while? Is there anything aside from correlating the, the, the actual plant and the amount of stem cells in circulation after ingestion that you looked at uh, when you were formulating it? I mean, it's the only thing that we looked at for, uh, a matter of when you do a protocol and you start to stack too many measurements on the protocol, there's a point yeah. where you almost lose the power of the of your protocol to look at one specific thing. So mm-hmm. we tried, so we measure because at some point in time, I thought it might also inc- help red blood cell formation, uh, immune mm-hmm. cell formation. So we may have a stronger immune system. We do not. Mm-hmm. We have seen that it stimulates some ingredients, stimulates like AFA stimulates NK cell function, NK cell migration. But outside of that, there's not really a change in the population of red blood cells, white blood cells. We looked at uh, markers like uh, like CPR, for example, marker of inflammation. We do see a decrease uh, in a number of individual, but nothing here that was really earth shattering. Outside of that, we have not looked at anything other than what we're quantifying in the bloodstream. We focused really on stem cells. So we looked as well what, what is today called V cells, very small embryonic-like yeah. stem cells. They have been named different, they have received different names in, in you know, over the development of all this science. It was first isolated in the early 2000, in fact, uh, 2001, I believe, by, I believe it was um, Bob Young, I believe. But anyway, Dr. Young. And uh, at the time, it was called blastomere-like stem cells, blastomere being the embryo. So they receive various things, but essentially, they are very, very small stem cells that are present, that are about the size of a, of a platelet. So when you extract platelet in the infamous 
platelet-rich plasma, then you also have those small stem cells. So PRP mm-hmm. is not just platelet and growth factors. They have a very, very potent type of stem cells, which is these V-cells. So we've also started to count V-cells and all the ingredients that we have studied so far, they all have also an effect on V-cells, increasing the number of V-cells and also activating about 50% of them. So uh, some of this was published, some of this, that, that data was not published. So that's really the focus of what we measured when we did this, these studies. That's incredible. Yeah, and V-cells obviously are the hotter topic right now in our fringe hyper-wellness field uh, as far as uh, people you know, getting their own V-cells re-injected into them. But there's controversy around it because of the way in which they have more higher higher v cell content expressed in order to harvest it so so the fact that you can do it naturally is i'm sure is going to be a a very a very important part of cell regen as the science progresses and as our field progresses so what should one expect to get from uh, stem regen i'll be honest i'm on a uh, i'm doing a a month now of taking triple the dose so you know i'm a an extreme case, but what would you, what should one expect by taking two pills twi- uh, once a day? Okay, so just before going there, Amitay, just on what you were talking before, V cells and and mm-hmm. the the main treatment right now that is uh, that is available uh, in terms of taking out the V cells, exposing them to light to essentially stimulate them, putting putting them back in the body, which is which is a great treatment. But what we're trying to do here, and we might have a in the not too distant future, a companion product with stem regen, uh, which is simply to basically wear on your wrist where you have thin skin and exposure to your blood vessels, basically have those lights that are going to illuminate the blood vessels. So as you release the V cells, then uh, over probably a period of like five, 10 minutes, all your blood will have passed in that area. Mm -hmm. And if you wear it for longer, then it will be more than one passage. And you basically can start to activate these cells in vivo as they are in your bloodstream after releasing them. So we're, we're starting to, to work on stacking different technologies like this that are going to optimize yeah. essentially the role of stem cells in the body. This being said, what should someone expect? The first thing to understand is that you release stem cells every day. If you did not release stem cells every day, you would not be alive today. They mm-hmm. are essential for uh, the maintenance of, of your I mean of your life. Yeah. I will I will give you sort of a extrapolations here because no studies or very few studies have been done to study that specifically. But when you look at the turnover rate of a tissue, we will see that you will see that we have about a new liver every two, three years. Your heart, you have half of a new heart every 25 years. You will have new lungs every four to six years. When we look at the turnover rate of pneumocytes, for example, in the lung. So let's get out now of these numbers. The concept is that you are constantly in turnover, meaning you lose cells, you need to replace them. If you don't release stem cells, you can no longer replace the cells that are being lost. You are going very quickly to start to develop dysfunction in main vital organs. Your stem cells are absolutely essential for your health and your survival. So when you release them and you put more in circulation, your body will use them. The question yeah. is, are the stem cells going to go where I want with my mind and my needs are where I want them to go. Let's say I have, I want to go to my brain, I want them to go to my heart or to my knee. Are they going to go there? 
they may go other places. They may be called because they will migrate wherever mm -hmm. there's a signal that is sent. Whenever there's an organ that is not functioning properly or has damages, injury, whatever, that area will locally release specific compounds that when stem cells circulate into the fine capillaries of that area, and these compounds, these compounds touch the stem cells, it makes the stem cells migrate in the tissue where they will do tissue repair. So they yeah. may go not where you want them. So that's what we need to work on right now, develop strategies where we can help stem cells go where we want them to go. This being said, maybe your body has a priority that is better than your priority that you have in your mind. Maybe you want them to go to your knee, but the body says, you know what? You need them in your heart right now. You may not know it because you're yeah. not pushing yourself to experience heart failure, but uh, your heart needs them right now. So I'm saying this because when you ask the question, what can people expect? The first thing that they can expect, and it will happen, your body will use these stem cells for tissue yeah. repair and health maintenance. No question. So now, what? but that's not the answer that you, that you want to receive when you're asking your question. The answer that the question that you have is, what am, I, what am I going to feel with this product? In the realm of what you'll feel is that if you have any problem that is like knee pain, whatever it is that you have somewhere in your body, I would say make that area signal. So if you say, well, when I squat, you know, I'm having some discomfort here and there. Well, squat then. Within an hour of taking <laughs> the product, squat, make that area. I'm not going to say make, create pain. Make it signal so that yeah. it releases a signal that stem cells will listen to and will migrate in that tissue. So do something to activate the area uh, if you want. So that's one thing to do. So what people will find is anything that is damaged, signals for repair, stem cells will go there. So expect to feel improvement. As I said before, there are many things in your, in your body that if you don't test them, you may not notice the improvement. If you look at insulin production, you may not feel it until or unless the lack of proper insulin production gives you a symptoms that you can feel. Then, okay, maybe yeah. you will feel something. So, so that's one thing to, to understand. What we have seen over the years is that the people you really want to put the product to the test, go to the gym and just like wreck yourself. Just do something that you know the day after you will probably not be able to walk normally. And then take two stem regen after, before you go to bed and in the morning after, and you will see then what stem cells can do to help your body repair. You cannot miss it. So, so that's when people can see what their stem cells are doing for them. And then in terms of benefits, I mean, we have seen, we have seen small benefits. We have seen people uh, coming back and say, I don't feel anything, but people are asking me what I'm doing because my skin looks more radiant. Your skin renews every month. It's going to be one of the largest users of stem cells. That's why we were talking about earlier as a great complement to Young Goose's product is that as you help regeneration of the, of the skin with topical products, well, the, 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 the basics, the fundamentals of skin repair is stem cell migrating, migrating into the skin and then being supported in their role of, of, of tissue repair. So people can see it there in their skin, but basically anything that needs repair, your stem cells will participate to the repair of what is needed. It's beautiful. That's, so you basically have just described the reason this podcast exists, right? To have people use strategies that in the end, our products work better. That's my joke is that's the evil plan of the podcast, right? So a few things that I really, really liked in what you're saying. First of all, it's very similar to the Angus story, because when we started, we had a 
moisturizer that increased NAD in the skin and activated these these longevity pathways in the skin. But the problem was is that it did not have any signal for repair. So we were improving the skin of people that desperately needed support. But the company now revolves around those signals of repair. So obviously, our products would greatly benefit from a person using Stemogen. That's number one. Number two, what I like even better is what you said about getting benefits where you wouldn't necessarily aim to get benefits at. Because if it's from you know stories along the ages of people doing ultra marathons and then one day at age 57 collapsing and dying, whether it is uh, people who believe that they're at the peak of health and developing type 2 diabetes or or um, Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever that is, we are all basically living on borrowed repair time, if we would. What aging is... That's a good way is, of putting it. Yeah, well, what aging is to me on the most fundamental level is the accumulated of unrepaired damage. That is, that is it. We can then give it you know, different names, different labels throughout the body, but it is that tipping point where our body basic, I wouldn't say give up, give up it's, but it's n- nano gives up, right? Like it's microscopically giving up one cell at a time. So that is why I believe Semergen is so important as a, as a longevity strategy. Not as, you know, a lot of the times we, we conflate peak performance and longevity. And they can, in the Venn diagram, there is a lot of parallels, but when we extrapolate throughout our lifetime, they sometimes actually stand in almost in antagonistic approaches where one would be using the most amount of energy for us to succeed at a specific task right now. And, you know, I, I had a discussion about it with uh, Chris Mirable, which is the founder of a company called Novos, which is a longevity company. Sometimes when we express all our energy at a single moment to excel at something, what we are giving up is a lot of ability of the body to repair. So to have a product that also gives you some some kind of benefits after a specific workout in the gym, but also that communicates with the body in a way in a way in a way which is innate to the body. It's not like a exogenous uh, you know, steroid or something like that. This is something that is plugging into a system that is already working in the body, but is supercharging it. This to me is the magic of, of the product. So, yeah. So as far as protocol, what is a protocol for, you know, general maintenance? Is it something people should take for the rest of their lives? And then are there times where you would recommend more, where you re- would recommend less? Your question really uh, complements very well what you just said before, because what you said before is, uh, I mean, it's said almost better than than I say it. It's really, uh, what you said is is right right on point. Any problems that you develop down the road is always, always the accumulation of small lack of repair that have accumulated over years. Daily, small lack of repair that you do not experience. They're too small. They accumulate. Every single problem is, is the result of that. You yeah. count the number of stem cells in the bloodstream of people who have developed, I won't name the diseases, but problems yeah. of the heart, of the cardiovascular system, of the lung, of the kidney, of the pancreas, of the brain, of the skin, of joints. All these people have on average 
less than half the number of stem cells that you find in someone of the same age that does not have these problems. All the so-called age-related problems, the people who develop them all have half the number of stem cells that you find in healthy people. So that means that every day, the difference is that those who are healthy as they age, every day, they were better able to do this this day-to-day repair. So once we understand this, then I want every day of my life to give my body a better ability to repair. So to me, it's a product that you take every day. I have been taking it every day uh, for the past 20 years since we we did our first you know discovery with this blue green algae extract. Uh, so I've been taking it every day. So the best way to take it, I would say. When you start, because most people start when they have a problem, it's rare that somebody will really uh, do something for their health that is very significant just because they want to keep their health. I mean, with the in the biohacking community, it's obviously something that is growing is 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 much yeah. more common. But generally speaking, people start when they have a problem. I would mm-hmm. say, given that these problems are to a large extent the accumulation of small daily lack of repair you probably need to give your body a boost of repair. So I would say take two capsules, two, three times a day, spread that over the day. Once you release stem cells, they will have about a six hours residence time in your bloodstream. So try to do this, let's say every six hours, or let's say when you get up midday and before you go to bed, as an example, and then see what your body will do with these additional stem cells and do this for maybe uh, you know one to four weeks, see, see how it works for you. Then you can decline. You can decrease to once or twice a day, and see if you feel less. If you feel less, maybe you need to continue a little bit at that sustained level. And then after that, when you've got the benefits that you're looking for, or your body has done the best using these stem cells, you can go on a maintenance dose of two capsules a day. So that's probably the best way to take the product. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So maybe for. To kind of close close the uh, discussion up, let's talk about risks. Normally, when someone when when we get when we travel down the allopathic medicine route, but not only allopathic medicine, when we're looking at something that is maybe derived from nature, but we're starting to refine its action more and more, we are getting what some would call side effects. I would just call them effects, <laughs> you know, it's just not the effect that we want. Obviously, I'm, 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 I'm biased because I, I believe in whole plants, like the ones that you, that you use. But what is the risk, if any, that we have by, by taking it? And uh, is there anyone that shouldn't take it? Yeah, there are many, many angles to answer that question. All I would say is that regardless the angle that we take, at the end of the day, the answer is that there's really nothing yeah. There, there's no side effects or unwanted results if you want, but but let's go a little bit at it. Let's start to take it by the angle of the plant. You talk about natural plants. Mm-hmm. When we choose to study a plant, the reason why we're studying it, it's because that plant has a long history of use and with many, many different kinds of benefits. That's why we yeah. choose it and we test it. So you take the seabuckthorn berry. 2,000 years in Tibetan medicine, Mongolian medicine, actually more than that, and uh, in traditional Chinese medicine. Aloe macroclara, used centuries in Madagascar. You look at any of the plants that we have in the formulation, they've all been used for long periods of time with a very good track record of safety. 
So yeah. right there from the start, these plants are safe. They've always had an effect on stem cells. We're not discovering something. We're dis- we develop, we discover an understanding that is new. Yeah, it's releasing stem cells, but they have been releasing stem cells for the past two thousand years when people were using them. And if there was any kind of negative effect, it would be documented in the use of these plants. So we, there's no history of any side effects. The only thing is that now we we discover a new mechanism of action. Now that we have this mechanism mechanism of action, it brings a number of questions, which are fair and, and relevant questions. Can we then exhaust the bone marrow? The answer is no. We can answer it in so many different ways. Let me just take a few ways of answering it. Athletes, you release a lot of stem cells. There's only one set of circumstances in life when you release a lot of stem cells. It's hyperbaric chamber or doing very, very intense workout. Like go run a marathon, do a one hour session of rowing, and you will release stem cells. As a response to the micro injuries that have been done into your muscles, ligaments, tendons. Yeah. So it's, it's a healing response, but you release stem cells. Are athletes running out of stem cells at some point in their life? Of course not. It's it's preposterous. You do not run out of stem cells. Stem cell in- exhaustion is a phenomenon of your tissue when they're not properly replenished because you don't release enough stem cells. In your bone marrow, you have red marrow until the day that you die. It decreases, but it's there and it's productive. So there's no effect at all on, on your bone marrow. Studies were, were done. I won't go into all the detail, but the question was, Let's say you have no bone marrow anymore. Can one stem cell reconstitute the bone marrow? Uh, Again, I won't go into the detail. It's a fascinating study, a little complex. But at the end of the day, one single stem cell can in six weeks completely reconstitute the bone marrow. So if you have about 150 million stem cells in your bone marrow and you release 10 million, the 140 million that are left will not have a problem to maintain homeostasis in your bone marrow. Uh, if, If there any side effects or effects or things to just know. Blue-green algae contains vitamin K. So if somebody is on Coumadin or any so-called vitamin K blockers for blood fluidity, blood uh, you know thinner, then uh-huh. it could have an interaction. However, other ingredients in there have been documented to increase, to thin the blood, to increase blood fluidity. At the end of the day, it's really not a thing that we have seen over the years. Like nobody... Virtually nobody has come and say it really had an impact. But for the sake of being safe, I would say start if you are on blood thinners that are blockers of vitamin K, then start taking stem regen maybe a week or two before your next visit to the doctor. And he will say if there's a change in your blood uh, fluidity and if there's need to be an adapt an adjustment to your uh, to your prescription, so be it. You know, it, it could happen. This is one of the things that could happen. The other thing to monitor is that if you start to really repair tissues, there might be something that you're doing in your life from a prescription base that may now not be needed. Let's say that you have a sluggish thyroid or a thyroid gland and you take Centroid or artificial T3, T4. Mm-hmm. Well, if you regenerate your thyroid gland, the drug then is in excess. It's going to, cre- it's going to create problems. So you may have to so follow all of these parameters, see with your doctors, there's a point where you may not need to have those kinds of uh, exogenous molecules. These are the things to really look for. There's yeah. one thing to know, and I don't have really an explanation uh, to it other than calling it a healing crisis, which could be what it is, but healing crisis to me as a scientist is just like taking your problem, putting a label on it and, and kind of 
getting rid of it by putting a label on it. Now you call it a healing crisis. It's still not clear why you have this healing crisis. But for, for lack of a better explanation, people who have joint problems, joint pain, fibromyalgia type problem, it is not uncommon, maybe 10, 15% of the people, they will first experience a worsening of their condition. I have the sister of a good friend of mine. It's exactly what happened to her. And I told her, it's okay. Don't get discouraged. Stick with it. Give it a week or two. It will pass. She did it. She said her life was miserable for two, three weeks. And now her life is so much better in terms of quality of life. We're talking about somebody who has a farm uh, and she could work in the garden, you know, on the land until about noon after this. Her fingers were just too painful. Her feet were too painful. She could no longer function for the rest of the day. She's now working all day long on the land. Wow. Uh, I would not say everything is eliminated in her life. But I mean, her quality of life, her productivity is like night and day compared to what it was. But she had to go through that phase. It is something that is that is reported at times. That's pretty much all that I would say of what people can experience in terms of other effects or effects other than body repair or in the course of body repair. It, it's reminiscent of other neurogenetic treatments such as uh, red light therapy, such as NAD infusions, where people who have uh, some kind of um, chronic pain, these nerves, if, unless you're taking medications that actually make them more sensitive, these nerves sometimes uh, do not relay signals that well. So by repairing those nerves, sometimes there is like a spike in, in sensation before, before there is a, a subsiding sensation due to the repair process. So that could be, I mean, that, that is completely reasonable. There is another um, aspect here, Amete, which is I rarely have a chance to talk about it, but the talk is there, so let's do it. Uh, yeah. There is also something which is very well present in various fields of medicine in France. This is where I learned about it. Uh, but the whole concept of compensation and decompensation, uh, yeah. there are many things that your overall body will do to compensate for one aspect uh, uh, of your body that is not functioning properly. Let's take a very simple and kind of a, uh, a ridiculous example, but let's say I put you a backpack on your right shoulder that contains maybe, I don't know, 50 pounds and carry it for a month. And everything, mm -hmm. let's say three months, everything that you do to maintain your balance with that weight means that you shift on one side, your ligaments will stretch on one side, will probably shorten on the other side. There's just a lot of adaptation that takes place to maintain your center of gravity. The day that I take off that bag, suddenly, suddenly the ligaments stretch on the other side and you start to have pain, you know, on one side, mm -hmm. pains that you did not even know were there. Your body now is decompensating. It's, it's eliminating the compensation that was created by the problem. Decompensation yeah. is, is the cause of a lot of those like mysterious problems that show up when suddenly one part of your body starts to repair. So there's also, but it's mysterious, meaning everybody will compensate in a different way. There are some sort of great general um, explanation that we can give, but I mean, everybody compensate in their own way. And every problem have a, a memory in the body. The, the area adapts and there is a memory there. When you start to remove the problem, the memory also needs to cleanse itself. All of these parts are part of the, the so-called healing crisis. So it's all of this happening, you know, to different degree to everybody who actually repairs. 
Yeah, and I mean, we didn't even get, I 100% I, I agree with you. And your, your example is way better than mine because normally I give the example of compensation with uh, athletes that use the, only half of their body, like pitchers uh, in baseball or uh, or tennis players. And then, what you know, the um, repair process that they go through when they retire, basically, and they need to use their body correctly. So your example is way better. Also, within that framework, we didn't even talk about fascia yet and the way that fascia really adapts around, mm -hmm. around an area to support gliding and movement in very predictable patterns. And then when you change those patterns, this fascial, let's call it contraction, needs to then adjust. And that obviously is, uh, is, a, is a process that, that would stress the, the organism. It would stress the, the integrity or it would stress the new movement in a way which would feel maybe uncomfortable. So I, I agree with you. And, and definitely we can see it in, if we equate it to the skin, we can see it over and over again happening when we cause repair, whether it would be, you know, acne can overexpress itself when we're clearing out acne. It can, we can look at when we are trying to balance hydration. Sometimes we need uh, for the skin to be extra oily or vice versa, if we need to uh, balance hydration out in order to educate the skin. Many, many things uh, we do. Uh, obviously, we can we can take the lowest hanging fruit if we did a laser to remove a, a hyperpigmented a spot because that pigmented area basically raises to the surface and then released. Obviously, it's going to be expressing itself more through that process. And a lot of people get a little bit scared when it happens, etc., etc., etc. And guess what? In all of those scenarios that I mentioned right now, our body still relies on its own innate processes and its and its perception of its ability to repair in order to know how many how much re, how many resources to invest in it and that is why i think if someone does do those procedures that's maybe maybe i will will end with that that's maybe when when they want to time uh taking extra stem regen in order to reap the most amount of benefits because these processes are not completely understood we're starting to understand them in longevity but the perception of the body's ability of the body's innate ability to repair itself expresses itself in the quality of repair uh and that Absolutely. is yeah so christian what i would like for for us to finish with is first of all where can people get learn more about the product where is this product available because again this is this is the evil plan the evil plan is people getting better results from our product and the, and the synergy between Stemrigen and Young Goose is, I think, pretty clear, pretty obvious. So where, where is the best, uh, how, how is it best being uh, bought? Where can we learn about it? So you go on our website, which is kaliagen.com, K-A-L-Y-A-G-E-N. So Kalia is Sanskrit for young, vibrant, and gen regeneration. So it's basically the name come from what stem regen does to give back your body its ability to basically uh, expresses, you know, its, its youth and its vibrancy. So you go to the website and, uh, and the product is available there. And I will just, again... Re restate something that we've talked about, Amite, but it, the skin repairs, like we talk about NMN, we talk about telomeres, mm -hmm. we talk about mitochondria. All of these are very important things to, to include into the whole realm of health. However, all of these aspects are touching an, an existing cell, aging yeah. cell, whose time is actually counted. That cell yeah. will not be alive for a whole lot longer. What you want is replenish these tissue with young cells 
that don't have the problems that you want to eliminate. So the more you replenish your tissue with young cells, the more you get rid of the problem that is resolved with all the, the issues of you know mitochondria, which is which is very valid. However, let's couple all of these together. Let's put more stem cells in circulation. And as you put these stem cells in circulation, they will go where your tissues are needing them the most. The skin is one of the most crucial one. All the actives that you have in your product will repair, will support the activities of the cells. But the moment you add new skin cells, new epidermal stem cells, the stem cells of the skin, then suddenly you just magnify the whole process. So, so I would love to hear stories from, from some of your customers using your product the moment that they start to couple this with stem regen. I would love to hear some of these stories. I would even heuristically give an example of the inflammation and malfunctioning cells and the need for cells to split themselves, to proliferate, is all like uh, cycling uphill. So you're, you're, work, you're carrying that repair process uphill, um, mm-hmm. and the incline of the hill is the resistance of uh, inflammation, malfunctioning cells, older cells, we will not be able to, you know, unless you're doing, unless you're, you're paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you, you are still, your mission is still to, to lower that incline, to reduce the friction. Um, and that is why I think, I mean, the product is magical because it literally reduces the, 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 the demand for those inflamed malfunctioning cells to then to then reinvent themselves, to then express themselves at, at their utmost uh, capability. We're just bringing in, as we said, uh, youthful players to the field, if you would. Yeah, that's why I, I, I'm very excited uh, uh, from this conversation. You know, this is a whole, this is a, yeah. this is a full topic that we have not talked about. So it could be a topic for another time, yeah. but my colleague with whom we did all this work on stem cells, her main focus is on the fact that stem cells, more specifically mesenchymal stem cells, are yeah. powerfully anti-inflammatory. They're probably the most anti-inflammatory part of your product, but locally, not mm-hmm. like glutathione, not, not like other antioxidants uh, or anti-inflammatory compounds in the body, but very specifically in a localized area. When you have an injury, the stem cells is attracted to that injury. The moment that stem cells get into the, the site of injury, you cannot repair with inflammation. So you need yeah. to suppress the inflammation and then start the process of tissue repair. So stem cells are powerful, powerful anti-inflammatory small units that will go specifically to the site where you have the inflammation. So in that way, they, they play a, a very important role. Yeah, I mean, that's a topic we, we should definitely do another podcast about it because this is a probably, you know, we all know or I hope most of us, anyone who listens to this podcast has heard me talk about inflammaging, the, the, the role mm-hmm. inflammation uh, plays in aging. But, you, you know, very shortly, inflammation is part of the repair process. It is the signal for repair in the body. So the problem is constant inflammation, chronic inflammation, unresolved inflammation, etc. We should definitely do another podcast about it. I would say that all the information that we that we spoke about is uh, information that will be in the show notes, together with parceling of the of the um, of the podcast. So if anyone wants to, you know, go back and listen to a specific part, which I highly recommend, can do that. So Christian, 
again, we, we, we need to revisit, uh, to do a deep dive into, into maybe stem cells and inflammation, or we can define it however we want. But I highly appreciate the time that you, that you gave us. Uh, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm very excited to be a user of, of Stemregen. I highly appreciate the mission that you took upon yourself in life. And uh, maybe the last thing I would say is that when I shop anything, I try to understand if the person, the creator behind the product or creators are people that I would like personally. And I'm super blessed to, in that case, to be a user that also, that, that I know that I, I just adore the people that are standing behind the product. So that is like my two cents about it. But yeah, thank you very much, Kristen. I will update you and anyone listening and, and looking at our Instagram about my journey with uh, STEM Regen. And um, yeah, and I, I, I hope to have you again soon. Thank you so much, Anite. All right. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye.